0: Hey church, Pastor Michael here, and I am recording this little mini podcast on January the 26th, 2023, one day after I preached through Revelation 11, one through two, and I hopefully did not confuse the entire church. So (laughs) I am wanting to spend a little more time talking through Daniel's 70 weeks because we just didn't get the time last night. And I get the feeling there may be a lot of you, not because you're, um, even necessarily disagreeing, uh, but just, just going, man, what is all this? Like, there's a lot of words there we didn't have the time to parse through. There's a lot there that we didn't have time to dive into. And I want, I want, to, well, give, give me all the knowledge here. So I, I want to give you a, a, a full explanation of my understanding of Daniel 9. That's what I want to do. Uh, and certainly relate it to what we see in, uh, Revelation 11. And uh, what we will also see in Revelation uh, chapter 13 and and in chapter 12. So um, when you go to Daniel 9, it starts with Daniel praying for his people. And you have to remember that the Israelites, um, that they're in exile, right? They're in Babylonian exile. Uh, They are not in the promised land. Things are not going the way that you would expect them to go, considering the promise to Abraham in Genesis 12. And so Daniel's prayer in Daniel 9 is really about exile ending. And Gabriel's appearance in verse 20 of Daniel 9 is a response to Daniel's prayer, right? Daniel's prayer is being answered by God and is being answered by God in the form of this 70-week prophecy that is revealed by the angel Gabriel. The prophecy in the immediate And and if if we have any understanding of this text that robs it of its original meaning, right, its initial meaning, its immediate meaning, then I think we have to go back to the drawing board. The the immediate uh, application or fulfillment of the prophecy certainly has to do with Israel giving hope that they are going to return from exile, that they will come home and that they will rebuild Jerusalem. That that is what the prophecy is about in the immediate, to give that hope. But in truth, we know as New Testament believers that Daniel's prophecy also is telling us about an end to a greater exile. Not just the exile of God's people in Babylon, the exile of God's people who long to recover what was lost in Eden, who long to see the effects of sin reversed. Okay, so with that in mind, For you are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. So, God is like tenderly responding to Daniel's prayer with uh, this word that is being brought to him by Gabriel. And so, here's the word. And I'm just going to walk through these. I'm going to try to keep this fairly short. Uh, I just want to walk through uh, these verses here. Seventy weeks are decreed about your people in your holy city, to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin, and to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and profit, and to anoint a most holy place. Know therefore and understand that from the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of an anointed one, a prince, there shall be seven weeks." Then for sixty-two weeks it shall be built again, with squares and moat, but in a troubled time. And after the sixty-two weeks an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing, and the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Its end shall come with a flood, and to the end there shall be war. Desolations are decreed. And he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week. And for half of the week he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. All right, 70 weeks or 77s, which would equal 490 years, uh, if we were to take them all literally, are decreed about your people and your holy city. Uh, And there's six things, there are six effects of the 70 weeks. There will be... Uh, the finish of transgression, an end will be put to sin, sin is atoned for, everlasting righteousness is brought about, um, the, the vision and prophet are sealed, and the most holy place is anointed. Those are uh, six things that uh, verse 24 tells us are going to come about as a result of these 70 weeks. Listen, the reason I think that this is all about Jesus is Jesus accomplishes all of that with the new covenant, like really clearly, right? Finishing the transgression, putting an into sin, atoning for sin, bringing everlasting righteousness, uh, fulfilling all the visions in the prophets, uh, anointing a most holy place uh, in which God will dwell with his people forever. Like Jesus accomplishes all of these things in the new covenant, in the strong covenant that I believe is being talked about in verse 27. Then in verse 25, it says, Know therefore and understand that from the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of anointed one, a prince, there shall be... Seven weeks. The going out of the word to restore. Some say that this is the decree from Cyrus to return in 537 BC. If that's the case, I don't think you can take any of Daniel's 70 weeks literally. Because all the math falls apart. You just have to say it's all symbolic. And many do. But I actually think this is referring to Ezra or Nehemiah. Uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Zerubbabel, they're kind of like the big three when it comes to the rebuilding of Jerusalem after the exile. Uh, Ezra was the one who restored worship. Nehemiah is the one who does the walls. Zerubbabel is the one who handles the temple. Ezra comes about in the seventh year of Artaxerxes, which is 458 BC. Nehemiah comes about in the 20th year of Artaxerxes, which would be uh, 445 BC. Okay? Which one are we dealing with here? I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not sure. Um, We'll get there in a moment. It says, Know therefore and understand that from the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem, which I I do think that's either Ezra or Nehemiah, okay? Um, To the coming of anointed one, a prince, there shall be seven weeks. I think the coming of an anointed one, a prince, that's Jesus. Okay, let's keep going to see why. Then we are told, uh, for 62 weeks it shall be built again with squares and a moat, but in troubled time. All right, so the 62 weeks are actually silent weeks. So if we are to look at the entire time in between when the Jewish people come back from Babylonian exile to when the Lord Jesus comes, if we were to look at that whole time, really the rebuilding of Jerusalem, it doesn't take place throughout that entire period of time. It takes place at the beginning of that period of time, in the first seven sevens, in like the first 50 years, right? So if the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem, if that is Ezra, which we would put at 458 BC, then really all of the work to rebuild is taking place between like 458 and 408. If we were to date it at Nehemiah, then we would say all the work to rebuild is taking place between 445 and 395. I I don't know if when when it says the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem, I don't know if that's Ezra and Nehemiah for sure. Put my cards on the table. Ezra, the math is a little bit cleaner with Ezra. So if you want to go with Ezra, that is fine. But I think what's most important is understanding that it's talking about this period of time. And I think that first seven sevens, okay, That's really when the work to restore Jerusalem is done. The 62 sevens after that, it's quiet, right? It's quiet. So it's rebuilt in 69 weeks, but truly the work happened in the first 50 years after coming home. Therefore, you can jump right to the Messiah after the first 77 weeks if you want to, because the other 62 are silent. Okay. That is why we can say the anointed one in verse 25 is Christ. From the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of an anointed one, a prince, that's Jesus, there should be seven weeks. Because if you want to skip the other 62, it's fine. It's a silent time, right? It's the troubled time in those first 50 years when they come home. That's really when it's rebuilt. After the 62 weeks and after the 69 weeks, right? An anointed one shall be cut off and has nothing. That's the cross. That's where the, the father turns his face away as we sing in, in, in the song, How Deep the Fathers Love. And it says that uh, the prince of the people who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. All right? We didn't really get to touch on this last night at all, but I think that this is talking about the Jewish people and the destruction of Jerusalem and the sanctuary. And you say, well, wait a second. The Romans destroyed Jerusalem and the sanctuary in 70 AD when God judged um, when God, judged, when God judged Jerusalem and judged Israel for how they had rejected the Messiah. Well, yes, it was the Romans who did it. But we know that the Romans did it because they were a tool of judgment in the hands of God and that God was judging because Israel had rejected the Messiah. So by rejecting the Messiah, they truly destroyed the city and the temple, the city and the sanctuary. God's wrath is poured out through the Romans and Titus in 70 AD. When it talks about a flood, I think that is just talking about um, judgment, right? I mean, flood, Old Testament makes you think of judgment. Absolutely, right? Uh, global flood, Noah. So I think it's talking about the fact that judgment's going to come in 70 AD and there it's going to come uh, through a war, the siege of Jerusalem, right? That, that took place in 70 AD desolations are decreed at the end of verse 26. It says that uh, the desolations that are being talked about, I think we're about to talk more about at the end of verse 27. They're decreed because all these things that we're saying here in this prophecy that is brought by Gabriel to Daniel, they are fixed by God, which is a very important thing for Daniel to know, right? That's going to be a huge encouragement to Daniel to know these things are fixed by God. Because he has just prayed for exile to end and he's finding out that there is indeed great hope and that the Lord is doing something really awesome. So we get to verse 27. It says, He shall make a strong covenant. The he that it's talking about is uh, the same prince from verse 26, the same anointed one from verse 26, the same anointed one from verse 25. He will make a strong covenant with many for one week. Okay? That's the new covenant. That's the new covenant. The anointed one, the Messiah Jesus brings about the new covenant and he does it in one week. This is Daniel's 70th week. And I believe that this week, unlike the other 69, are symbolic. And I think the text itself here in Daniel 9 pushes us to understand it that way, because I think that the text allows us to be literal with the first 69. We can see that in in the history. But when it comes to the 70th, we can't be literal about it. It doesn't make sense for us to be literal about it. So we take it symbolically. The text pushes us to do that. And in the first half of the week, for half of the week, it says, he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. This is talking about Jesus's uh, life, death, resurrection, and ascension. Some people say that the first half of the week begins at his baptism. Some people say the first half of the week begins at the triumphal entry. It does not matter. It matters not. Okay? I know that there are people who say it would matter. For this pastor, and for you as our church members, I, I don't think that we need to Um, to lose our heads about that. It's just talking about the life and the ministry of Jesus and how he, in, in coming and in dying and in resurrecting and ascending, he has established the new covenant. All right, so that's the first half of the week. The second half of the week would then be the church age, the church age. And you look here, it says at the end of verse 27, and on the wing of abomination shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. I think that is talking about Satan trying to bring desolation upon the church during the age of the church. And the age of the church is the second half of Daniel's 70th symbolic week. I hope you're still with me. (laughs) So um, now, at the same time, we have to say the last half of 927, and, I, and again, I just didn't have time to be able to get into this last night, um, and, and I had to talk very generally, so I'm happy that we're able to do this, and I hope that at least five of you are listening, okay? If five of you are listening, then this is worth it, right? If one of you is listening, it's worth it. So the last half of 927... Um, I think is immediately not about Satan and the church. I do think it's ultimately we can see that as being about Satan and the church, but immediately it's about Titus and the Romans destroying the temple. And the reason I say that is because of what Matthew uh, records Jesus saying in Matthew chapter 24, which I'm turning there now verse 15. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. That's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem in seventy A.D. So we know for sure, like Jesus Himself, God Himself, right, has said to us, "You are to interpret Daniel nine twenty seven, the back half of it, as the the um, destruction of the temple in Jerusalem." So why then did Pastor Michael say last night that he feels the back half of the 27th verse, that in the, in the last half of, the, of Daniel's 70th symbolic week is the church age. And this is Satan inciting violence against the church during the church age. I say that because I believe that while this is uh, specifically talking about Titus destroying the temple, and Jesus confirms that in Matthew, Titus's destruction of the temple is a snapshot, a preview, of what Satan the desolator will seek to do to the church, the temple of the living God, during the church age. Do right? you see what I'm saying there? What, what you see Titus doing to the temple in judgment in 70 AD, Satan will try to do to God's temple, the church, throughout the church age. And that is why I'm totally comfortable saying, and on the wing of abomination shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed end is poured out in the desolator. That that can be both about 70 AD and about the age of the church. Now, if we go back to the book of Revelation, things start to make sense because... 42 months, the outer court of the temple is trampled. Well, how long is 42 months? It's three and a half years, uh, or half of seven years, right? 77s, right? Half of Daniel's 70th seven, okay? 42 months. Next week, when we get to Revelation 11.3, and I will grant my authority to my two witnesses, which I will argue is the church, and they will prophesy for 1260 days, clothed in sackcloth, 1260 days, 42 months. It's, it's the same period of time. It's, it's three and a half years. Uh, in chapter 11, the two witnesses are killed, and they are lying in the streets for three and a half days, and after three and a half days, they resurrect. Again, I think this is talking about... Um, I think this is talking about the age of the church. I think it is talking about how, um, you know, during the age of the church, the church is going to be martyred. And then at the end of the age of the church, the church will be resurrected. Uh, keep going. Chapter 12 verse six, the woman, which is the church fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God and which she is to be nourished for 1260 days. Again, it's the age of the church. So, um, one more, 13, verse. It's not verse 7, verse 5. And the beast was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. The back half of Daniel's 70th 7, his 70th week, it is the church age. Okay? So that is my understanding. That is my understanding of Daniel 9 and how it fits in with Revelation 11 through 13. I hope that this little 20 minutes doing a deep dive has been helpful. Um, if you would like a better, well, that I say be a better explanation, a different explanation. Um, then if you're like, well, okay, I get this, but I really would like to brush up on what the dispensationalists say so I can compare and contrast. Yeah, absolutely. John MacArthur has a three part sermon on Israel's future that I highly recommend. I think it's really good. Um, and then if you want to see the totally symbolic view that rejects completely taking any of Daniel's 70 weeks as literally, you can check out Kim Riddleberger, who is a phenomenal, phenomenal scholar. So uh, I will um, try to get those links to the church somehow. But again, hopefully this has been helpful, and we will continue on through Revelation, Lord willing, the next time we're together at midweek. Hope you all are blessed. Go be his workmanship. Go take the gospel to the world. And remember that it will be soon that the God of peace is going to crush Satan under our feet. Thanks be to our Lord Jesus Christ.